And welcome to the Horizon Roundtable. As you can tell, uh, I'm not Bob McDonald, and uh, the other guy, it's not Jimmy Lemke. We've got Carrick Jones with us. Say, say hey, Carrick. How's it going, folks? Got the Horizon Roundtable getting ready for uh, semifinals here at uh, going to be at Little Caesars Arena. Uh, I'm Matt Dudek. You can follow me at GrizzTalkOU. And Carrick Jones, and you can follow me at Carrick underscore Jones. So uh, we're going to be taking over here since our teams actually made the Horizon Tournament, unlike Cleveland State and Milwaukee. Bye, guys. Uh, you'll get Bob and Jimmy back probably for after the tournament. They'll recap some stuff and, and get you going into, I'm sure, some more whining about where the tournament was held and whatever else. But uh, Carrick and I, are, our goal is to kind of get you guys ready for the semifinal, which by the time you listen to it will probably be uh, today, Monday. Um, from there, we're going to... We're going to recap a little bit of what you saw and a little bit what to expect. Carrick, you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. So let's start going backwards with uh, the first day of the quarterfinals. Cleveland State and Milwaukee were already eliminated, like we said. Um, and so we had two games the first day. We had Green Bay and UIC, and we had Wright State and IUPUI. Let's start with Wright State IUPUI because that was the 1-8 matchup. Uh so, let's see here. Wright State pretty much destroyed IUPUI. Did you get a chance to, to follow some of that, Carrick? Yeah, I, I really like Wright State. I like everything they got. I like the fact that they have multiple big guys. You know, they got a, they got a guy that's a true three. They shoot threes really well. It's, it's, it's funny because I don't really think this Wright State team's changed that much since Billy Downland left. It seems like the, you know, they got Scott Nagy using the same formula and it's working, but, uh, the, their bigs are going to be crucial, um, down the stretch because they can match up with anybody because they have three or four big guys, you know, they have, uh, love. And then they got the, the, is he Swedish? What is he? I don't know what he is. Uh, the big, uh, Finnish guy or whatever. <laughs> some some I, some yeah. I European. can't even say his name. Right. I, I feel horrible. Um, but you know, they, they got all that size and, IEPUI was very pedestrian all year. Um, they beat U of D, though. Don't even get me started. Um, so it was. It made sense that they got blown up. I think it's going to be really interesting to see if Wright State can shut down Cohen. I don't think they, they have the best guard play out of all the teams left. Um, but I, I really think they got a shot going forward because they, they plowed through IEPUI, and I, I think Green Bay is going to have trouble with how big they are. I thought that the uh, the keys for Wright State over IUPI, um, Wampler had another great game. I think he had twenty some points. Um, I think he led led them in scoring, if I remember. Um, and then Loud and Love was right behind. Loud and Love is just he's such a tank. Um, I I don't want to like Loud and Love, but but it's hard not to at the same time. He's he's a big football body down there, but he he's playing hoops, you know. And um, he got thirty some minutes in, which I thought was high for him in that game. But uh, that just tells you, you know, it's tournament time, and he's he is ready to go. But between him and Wampler, that really led the way um, over IUPI. The other big thing that was big for them is they really seemed to shut down Cameron Justice in that game, which is not an easy thing. Um, I like a lot of things about Cameron Justice, uh, but he was one of eight and only had eight points in that game, which is not a good thing from Cameron Justice when you know when you're in in the tournament. That that that's your that's your your star, and your you, you need him to go, but. Uh, I mean, Wright State, they, they hit their shots, and then they went down low to love. 
and they, I, I think, and we'll talk about this coming up, the key with, with right state is you have to control the tempo because you need to, to move the ball and get love tired. And IUPI was not able to do that. Yeah, IUPI just doesn't have the player personnel that Wright State does. Wright State's done a really, really good job of identifying guys that are, are slightly oversized for their position. And they, you know, for the last few years, even before Nagy got there, they've always had guys that were able to be kind of stretch guys. And, you know, you look at the guys they're going to send out to start tomorrow. Sandy Cohen's biggest thing for Green Bay is the fact that he's a 6'6 guard and they can just counter him with Wimpler. They can, they're both two of their three guards they normally play a lot of minutes are over six foot four. So he's not going to have the size advantage that he, he had over IEPUI because uh, I Justice is he's not that big. No, I think he's six four. Man. I mean, he's a decent sized guard, but that comes from an OU perspective where I've got undersized guards all the time. So my. My perspective gets a little weird. Um, you mentioned Nagy, and uh, I just have to say, because you know I've been an Oakland fan for a long time, and he and uh, Coach Nagy came over from North Dakota State or South South Dakota South Dakota State. Yeah, he you know, came out of the Summit League. I'm sorry, go ahead. It's all relative up there. Yeah, one of the Dakotas. It was South Dakota, um, but I've I've watched him coach for years there, and uh, I I I do. I think he's a great coach. I think he gets a lot out of very little sometimes. Um, and I think that's what you have to do at the mid-major level. You've got to really find those pieces that that you can turn into something else. And I think he's been great at it. And I I think he's doing it right there at Wright State. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see what they can do because I think if they win tomorrow, I, I think regardless of if they play Oakland or NKU, they got a really good shot. Um, it, it's hard to count them out. I mean, they just did it last year, and I don't think they really lost anything. Yeah, I mean, how many times he's he's been to the tournament? What? twice in the last four years so he's doing something right and i mean he's clearly a good recruiter i mean this gets into the big picture but i mean he he, he brought mike dom in right because we said he was at south dakota so i mean he that was another north dakota is that north dakota that would make more sense there was someone at south dakota i don't remember whichever school he was at nagy's been successful and he's continuing to roll up through it at right state let's leave it at that i guess because i'm i'm not sure i can't keep my dakotas straight not many people can. It's okay. They're all they're all the same, right? Pretty much. Did you, did you watch that South Dakota State game last night? I I didn't. I I'm a bad college basketball fan. I I watched a little bit of Duke North Carolina, and then I watched the entirety of the Michigan Michigan State game, um, which I I think they're both going to be really good. I think Michigan is just too dependent on shooting threes. All they do is shoot threes, but. Um, you know, I, I saw that the the top team lost, right? Yeah, so South Dakota State was the one seed, and they uh, they lost to the eight seed, which was Western Illinois. Um, they'd blown out Western Illinois twice that year, um, but it's kind of relative to us because everybody, you know, they. I, I don't want to get in a tournament location things, but that game was in South Dakota, and it was not on on their home campus. But they had a South Dakota crowd in South Dakota. Didn't matter. The eight, the eight seed pulled the upset last night. It was the first uh, eight over one upset in Summit League history. Hmm. Interesting. You know. And you were right. He he did get recruited by Nagy to South Dakota State. I was right. Okay. Cool. Yeah. He got. Oh, I think it was Nagy. It should be. Nagy's only been at Wright State for this is the third year. Okay. Um, he redshirted his freshman year. He is yeah. from Kimball, Nebraska. 
guess all I'm saying is Nagy's doing pretty all right. It's tough to tough to count him out in any game. Um, but, you know, in that quarterfinal, they took care of business against IUPUI. Uh, I will also say that Wright State had the best home attendance of any of the four quarterfinals. Um, there, I think it was right around 5,000 fans were uh, filled the Nutter Center for that game, which was, again, the, the highest of, of the four um, attendances. Did it hold more than 5,000 fans? Uh, yes, eight or nine, I think. Oh, really? So, I mean, still only half full, but again, 5,000 was more than uh, Oakland put up just almost 4,000. Um, they had, it was a little under 4,000, like I said, but they had eight less fans, if I remember, than North uh, Northern Kentucky, who, again, also just under 4,000. And then um, Green Bay had under 2,000 fans rolling in, which surprised me. I thought. I thought Green Bay would have uh, some more people in. It was cold. It's always cold. It's Green Bay. Blame it on the cold. It was too cold. Maybe it snowed. (laughs) All right. So that was a little bit of Wright State IUPUI. The other game that day was this Green Bay UIC game. Um, I will say that I am not surprised Green Bay won. Um, I, I did expect them to. Uh, the main reason I expected them to is I think Sandy Cohen is the most NBA-ready prospect of anybody in the Horizon League. Um, I think Drew McDonald deserved the player of the year. But if we're just looking at who's going to have the best future, um, I do think Sandy Cohen is the most NBA-ready. Um, like you said, he's like that six-six combo guard, I guess you could say, um, where you know I, I, he can shoot, he can, he can back it down a little bit, and he can handle the ball. I think that that's going to transfer more than what anybody else is doing as they're on their way out of the Horizon League. But uh, yeah, Green Bay was down for a good chunk of the game. UIC's guard play was really uh, keeping them keeping them up front for a lot of that game. But uh, about halfway through the second second half, uh, you, Green Bay made their run and they they finished it out. UIC's really underachieved, like bad. Like, really, really bad. I mean, this this class with Botwin, Odie, Ferguson, it had Dikembe Dixon in it. They're all only going to be seniors next year, and they've they've yet to accomplish anything. You know, he was supposed to be, their coach was supposed to be this great white hope. This, you know, big mid-major coach goes to UIC, and they, they've really underachieved. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it can't be questioned that McLean can recruit which actually from what I've heard in Chicago isn't easy because while Chicago is a hotbed, obviously we, we all know you've got your Simeon kids. We got all these kids in, out of Chicago. Any of the really, really good ones, they don't want to stay in Chicago from what I hear. So they, they, they go elsewhere. So it's probably kind of hard to recruit UIC, but he does it. He's, he's, he's got the talent, but man, I don't know if it's in game or what McLean just cannot seem to, to get over the hump there. I think he brings them in and then loses them. You look at, you go and look on verbal commits. They got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine guys that at one time played there and now no longer play there. I mean, what is there? Type? There's something that UIC is kind of where I feel OU has been the past year or two where they had some really great guard play, um, but they were lacking somebody yes. down low that could carry the load when the shots weren't falling. Um, in the Green Bay UIC game, um, Adi just he wasn't he wasn't there. Uh, Ferguson did his job; he had twenty some, but uh, but Adi he, he wasn't hitting. And I mean, 
that's that's the hard thing when you rely on your guards and you rely on that shot, I think. And we'll talk about this a little more when we talk about what to expect the next couple of days. But um, I, I am a huge fan of, of bigs running this league, and I think that's the key to success. And I think that's kind of what happened to UIC is when when you're not hot, you've got to be able to, to get the ball down to somebody and put the ball in the hoop. And I think UIC's time just kind of ran out. Yeah, it'll be nice to see what they do next year because they have they should have so many guys coming back. Um, but yeah, they've they've royally underachieved so far. Yeah, I, I I don't get it, but I mean, there there's some something going on there, and maybe maybe he'll put it together and make us all look bad going forward. But but there's something not clicking up in UIC land, and uh, that's what ended up happening there. They got bounced by Green Bay. Um, and that got us the one. So that was Tuesday. So on Tuesday, the one and the four seeds moved on, which is what the Horizon League wanted all along, right? To get to move yep. on your top seeds. That that's what this was about. And on Tuesday and Wednesday, we're just about to get there. But on both days, that's that's what happened. Green Bay overcame them in the second half, and they uh, they took care of business and moved on to Detroit. And with that, let's move on to Wednesday the day that you and I both were much more invested in these games. Let's be honest. Yep. Very much so. All right. So let's go with, we've been doing high seed first. So uh, let's talk And by let's, I mean, Carrick, it's all you talk to me about the uh, NKU mercy game. I'm sorry, Detroit mercy game. It's a really good game. Um, You know, U of D was up 47 to 40 at the half. Clicking. Uh, coach went with his his seven man rotation he wanted so bad the whole year. Uh, he was talking after the game that it was you know the best game they put together all year. Um, the one thing he does that I don't really quite understand is he talks really negatively about his own players. Like like I can understand being a hard ass, but wow, I'm gl- he has some pretty choice words for people that he's was pretty high on. I'm glad you said that because I've seen some of his press conferences, probably more than most people, um, and I've seen what he says about his players. And I can't imagine my coach saying these things about me and then going to practice the next day and having to pretend like I'm invested in you because it's so obvious he didn't care about some of these guys. He would. He, what was the comment after the OU, after the OU game? It was something about when I get my guys in or something, which we all know we had to piece together a team this year. But man, that's when I get my guys in. Ouch. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's weird, too, because you look at who he played in that game, and Cole Long is definitely not one of his guys, like, at all. And he played 38 minutes. Um, and it was probably the best game Cole Long's had as a Titan. You know, he, he only had five points, but he was doing everything defensively, really getting active in the zone. Another guy that had a really good game back from injury even though coach said he was out for the season. So I'm just going to assume like in the Ray McCallum era, the injury report doesn't matter. Um, Willie Asani looked really, really good. I think he is going to be very, very scary for the horizon league next year because of how well he shoots threes. And I do understand he's 22 years old and he'll be going into his 23 year old year next year as a sophomore. But you know, that's what you get when, uh, Get your players from Georgia. No, the game looked good. They just ran out of gas in the second half. McDonald just did way too much. He did everything. He was shooting threes. He was scoring inside. Um, and, and Sharp killed him from three. He was six for 12. 
they they shot right over the zone. They did exactly what U of D doesn't want you to do when, you know, Sharp and McDonald combined for nine threes because you got them in a zone and they can't score down low. That's what happens. But I, I'm really excited about what this team is going to look like next year, especially because he's he's essentially going to bring in six new players. Um, and, you know, Anthony's going to – Antoine, rather, I'm sorry, is going to come back and, you know, hopefully average another 25 points a game. But they, they got to get him some help or drop some plays because I can understand that, that there's a lot of stuff they don't call against him. But at the same time, he's forced to create his own shots way too much. Um, and I think that's the difference between him and a, and a guy like a, like a Travis Bader or, you know, a Hooper is he has, is forced to create all his own threes. It's not like there's the one play that's drawn up for Antoine to hit a three off, you know, a play that there's a screen and he's coming off the screen and catching the ball. That routinely doesn't happen because they're denied the screen. So hopefully coach can get some big guys in to anchor the zone and it's able to set up those threes. Cause if they do, I think they're going to be really good. I think we're, we're coming into two or three good years for U of D basketball, hopefully. Um, but they got to, got to find some bigs because this Northern Kentucky team smoked them because they have bigs, you know, vote played really good. Um, I think Northern, that Northern Kentucky Oakland game tomorrow at nine 30 it's going to be the best of the two games and probably the best of the conference tournament. Because I don't think Oakland has the depth that Northern Kentucky does, and I think that's going to be the issue. Didn't Newman shoot like one of eight from three? Was he it, didn't was have, it two games he, ago or was the last game? Um, I don't know. Newman had, a, had an okay game um, versus uh, Youngstown. It was not... He, Newman's a very, very hot shooter, and he just he wasn't wasn't on, and that was okay. He he did his job, but I, I know what you mean about the depth. So would you say it was the depth of NKU that ended up overcoming? Because yeah, we oh were... yeah, they just tired him out, and I don't know. You know, the other thing is like I was telling you before, Blackshear and uh, the other big guy we got. Why well, I can't remember his name because he doesn't ever play. Louisiana Tech, Louisiana Tech transfer. What is his name? Irregardless or regardless, our our two biggest guys didn't play, and it was a coach's decision. So go so, ahead and think about what that might have been. So oh, Darian like, King didn't play either. He was hurt. So Harrison Curry didn't play. Okay. Because at the OU game, we were following. You guys were um, – the two games tipped at the same time, and your game ended up about five minutes ahead of the OU game. So um, when we hit halftime, you guys were already there, and you guys, like you said, you were up seven, and – in the stands, we were talking about it like, "Oh wow, they're they're up." No one expected that. Like, um, so uh, my question for you, I have two questions for you, Carrick. And me and Carrick have known each other a while these days. We've we've gone through ups and downs. I think we're pretty good now. So I, I think you're going to be honest with me. First question doesn't require a lot of honesty. Were there any shoes thrown at the NKU game, or or how, what was the shoe report? There no shoes thrown. Zero shoes thrown. No shoes thrown. And, and how many technical fouls did uh, Mercy get at that game? Zero. That's a great day for them. Yeah, they did really well. I, I'm okay. I mean, prop, props to them for keeping their shoes on and not throwing them anywhere. I mean, that's a great day. But my, my other question is, and it sounds like it kind of came up a little bit at the NKU game, but all season this has been a question. 
Do you really, do you believe that Antoine Davis gets called differently? Or like you said, is he just having to create more than some of these other guys and a little bit undersized and that's creating some of the, the issues that Mike Davis talks about? Um, I mean, as a coach that knows that refs will purposely screw you, yeah, he probably does get called differently. Um, but I don't think the right plays are either drawn up for him or, you know, they have the guys to set the screens. You know, the, the more I watch down the stretch, the more I realize that every time they go to set a screen, the guy setting the screen is getting run over. Or, you know, Antoine's getting run over on his way to run around the screen. Um, I think it's a combination of both. I think even though it's a combination of both, the complaining after a while has just gotten old to a point where any any point they might, he might have had before about him not getting calls is negated by the fact that he's complaining so much. Um, I, I do believe he does get called differently because the Rising League has had god-awful refs for as long as I've been following it, so eight, nine years now. Um, and he's just, he's not bulky. He's very small. And that's the other thing. He is a very, very small guard. He might be six foot tall, if he is six foot tall. He's not. He's so lanky that he's anybody with any weight on him is, is going to knock him off the ball. Do I think he's probably better than Rashad Phillips right now? It's possible. I think Rashad would argue that he's better than he is. Um, he's, his ability to shoot threes is amazing, and his... I, I think the range is what's so scary. You know, Josh McFally's been somebody who's always been able to go and shoot a heat check three. But, like, Antoine can shoot a heat check three from way beyond NBA range, and it just it goes in. He's got the ability to find whatever that range is to make that shot arc, and it, it goes. And I think it's about building him a supporting cast because he didn't have a supporting cast this year. Half the roster's, you know walk-on caliber players and his buddies that he played AU with in Texas, like they don't, didn't have a good supporting cast. I think an X factor for them going forward is going to be Marcus Moore. He, he finally started hitting that corner three down the stretch. Uh, I saw one or two against OU. He had two or three against NKU. I think he's going to be good for, good for them going forward. I think if Cole Long stays, He'll be good at stretching the zone, but they got to get, you know, extra guys. And like I was telling you before, it looks like they they might be getting a grad transfer from Central Connecticut State, which doesn't really sound great because it's Central Connecticut State. But you know, another six 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 seven guy. It seems everybody they're recruiting from JUCOs is like six 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 seven. So I guess he doesn't really want a real big to anchor the the zone. He's just going to throw a bunch of six 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 seven guys out there. And hope they can, you know, athletic their way to wins. But yeah, they got to do something different because yeah, so, complaining like, isn't going to work. Sounds like on this night, that's you know, that's what overcame them, and that was kind of their a big thing with a lot of their losses all season. So sounds like NKO did their job. Uh, talking, always chirping back and forth with the Valhalla Vanguard. It sounds like you know their students showed up. Um, I, I always say, as much as I love to to give them you know, as much crap as I can online. I, I like NKU. I like a lot of what's building up there in uh, Northern Kentucky land. So um, we'll talk about them some more in a minute here. Let's talk the uh, OU uh, YSU game just to get that recap done before we talk about what to expect the next couple, next two days. 
Um, so OUYSU game, I'm just going to assume that you have nothing much to add. Carrick, you were mostly watching, watching another game. game yeah. Exactly. Uh, I was at the OU game, of course. Um, OU really controlled the game from the tip. Um, and everyone loves to say that OU can't play defense. That's always been the knock. They played defense. Um, they really did for a good chunk of the game. Um, I think it was about half. Uh, at one point, YSU climbed back in. They took a lead for just a moment. And then from there, OU controlled the entire rest of the game. Um, but it, it was a lot of really good down low play. And what's hard for OU is they do play a short bench. They do get tired, I think. I've always, I've been saying that all year. Um, it was a seven-man rotation. Um, and Beck, who's usually the, the backup big play, I don't think he played in the second half. It was all just rotation of the two bigs, uh, Brechting and uh, an X, uh, along with um, just mixing in some guard, uh, mixing in Kamari Newman, essentially, um, just to kind of, you know, when they, when they needed a blow to go small, which actually worked against YSU pretty well. Um, but um, Youngstown fouled a lot, and that wasn't Horizon League refs or anything. Fouls were 30 to 13. And being at the game, I'm surprised it wasn't higher than that. At one point, YSU put in John Sally Jr., which up here in Detroit, we all know John Sally. I don't think that kid had played all season. I don't watch a lot of YSU, but like, but he was clearly just in there. All he did was foul. I don't even think he picked up a board, but he picked up three fouls or some two or three fouls. Like, they just fouled OU a lot, and OU was not great from the free throw line, but they were good enough at, um, in that game. Um, the guards really carried it for a while. Um, Brad Brechting has been great the second half of the season. Um, but he needs to see that first shot go in um, on his first touch, and it didn't. And it took him through a good chunk of the game to, to battle through. Um, what was nice, though, is by the end of the game, all the OU starters uh, were in double figures. Um, always love seeing it kind of distribute around. Nobody carried the team. Everybody worked together. Um, X-Factor was definitely um, Trey Maddox Jr. Um, and I like him a lot, especially as a freshman. He's not talked about in the freshman mix. He didn't make the all-freshman team, which was a joke, but I'm not surprised because his numbers don't show it. But not only does he guard the other team's best player a lot, um, he is OU's best bet to create and get to the rim. And that's something that they've got the inside game that we know about with the two bigs. You've got Cumberland and um, Norris. If you leave them out alone, they'll hit those threes. But Maddox can not only shoot the three, but he can get to the rim. And he did that a few times in that game. That was that was a big factor. Um, sometimes he gets a little bit ahead of himself and makes fresh from mistakes and campy goes campy on him. But but overall, he really did his job. And uh, OU did their job. Um, they they needed to just get over the hump and, and get – not only a YSU win, um, who they split with during the season, and we've had issues with them in uh, the tournament and all these other things, um, but they, they defended. They wanted the home court. They got home court. They won. Um, the arena was absolutely rocking. Shout out to the Grizz gang. Um, as they do every game, they were there. They were loud. Man, the Grizz gang was loud. It was great. Um, yeah, uh, Quisenberry was pretty pretty shut down. YSU was just frustrated most of the game. Um Calhoun, I guess, um, did his job after the game, and his, him and his two players went into the post-game press conference, um, and nobody had questions for for the, the players, so they left almost right away. Calhoun took one question and stormed off. He was just a frustrated guy, and I wish I I wish he had done a longer press. I, w- I wish I'd seen it because I'm curious what his frustrations were was it with the team, with the officiating. I don't know, but overall, Oakland. Play- Played a better all-around game, and and they they did what they were supposed to do, and they beat YSU. But that was still for Oakland a nice thing to see. And you yeah, probably yeah. don't 
<laughs> you probably don't have much to add to that, do you? No, no. I watched about the last uh, what two minutes when it didn't overlap. Um, all you saw, it was over. So all you saw was free throws at that point. Yep, pretty much. It was that. That was a lot of the game. Like I said, you guys finished your game ahead of us because our game was was slower, and that was it wasn't. I mean, there was like only one or two official reviews at the monitor, nothing like that. It was just a lot of free throws. And luckily, OU hit enough. Again, they're they're actually a very, very good free throw shooting team, and they didn't display it against YSU as much as I'm. I think we're used to seeing. But overall, they they did what they had to do to move on. Anything else on any any of those games before we talk about what's coming up? No, let's get to tomorrow. Let's get to the good part. That's what everyone's really here for. Let's let's talk about tomorrow to, on Monday, semifinals day. We've got well, we've had quite a layoff. Um, Probably due to, well, I assume, due to ESPN. You know, they, they're the mothership. They're running when everybody's championship games are, so it's been planned around that. Um, so we've had this layoff, but it's it's time. Top, the top four seeds are there, just like the Horizon League wanted. It's playing out exactly what they wanted. Um, so we've got, you want to do the 1-4 or the 2-3? Which one? Well, let's start with the 1-4. 1-4. So we've got OU. Oh, no, the 1-4. My bad. Let's try that again. We've got Green Bay and Wright State. What you got for me? I think Wright State beats them inside. Uh, I think Wright State is is bigger, and I, I don't think Sandy Cohen is going to be able to be nearly as effective as he was against the inferior team he played the other night. So I, I got to go with Wright State, and I think probably big, probably by almost 20 points, 15 or 20. Ooh, no way. I, I'm willing to let you have Wright State, but I, I do not see that being by 15-20. Um, especially uh, Green Bay, won, they split the, se- the season, and Green Bay won the, um, the most recent meeting, which I find interesting. Mm, I didn't know that one. Yeah, they, they split, and Green Bay, Green Bay won. Um, I believe that one was in Green Bay, I think. Um, Cohen was a non-factor when they, when they lost, though. Uh, yeah, um, Wright State won by four, and Cohen, Cohen was shut down that game. Um, Love, Love and, and Wampler did, did their thing. But in Green Bay, uh, Cohen showed up, and uh, he got 24 in that game. So he's, he can definitely score against Wright State. He's proven it. Um, and that was the difference in the win, for sure. And, and like I said, that, was, that just happened. Uh, it was the second to last game of the season for them. Yeah, I don't know. I like, I, like I said, I like Wright State size. I think if Wimpler gets the uh, assignment on Cohen, I think he can slow him down. I don't. I don't know if Wright State wants to do that because I don't think they want a three going up against a two. But I, I just think they're too big. I think, as much as I would like to see Oakland against Wright State, I think we're on a Wright State NKU collision course. Okay. Um, but that's that's. I think Love is just too big. He's too dominant. He's too big. Nobody has anybody that can keep up with him. I think Hill Mays is probably the only guy that's that. And Brechting are the only two guys, really, that are going to be big enough to keep him in check. So I, I think Wright State wins the first one tomorrow, and I think it's going to be easy. But you never I, know. Green, Green Bay made a run at the first uh, Motor City Madness, so maybe they'll, they'll make a run at the last one. I think for Green Bay to win tomorrow, um, they're going to have to control tempo. I think we talked about this for just a second earlier. Um, they're going to have to push a lot. And I don't, I don't know Green Bay well enough to know if that's something they want to do or they've had success. I don't know if that's how they, what they did in the, the last meeting. I don't remember watching it. But I have to imagine that's what I would be planning to do against Wright State is, is you've got to keep moving. You've got to keep love going back and forth. 
um, and wear him down. Cause I, I think as love goes, right state goes. I agree. I, I think he is, he's the X factor for that game. I mean, Wampler's going to hit, you know, uh, what's it best. I think he's the other one, but, you know, they're all going to do that. Uh, one X factor for me, and maybe this is just the Oakland fan to me is, uh, is pipes for green Bay. I don't know why that guy just always seems to, to get us at OU. So I'm just, just expecting something from him tomorrow. I, I, I could see him coming off the bench for green Bay and, and getting some when no one's really expecting him to. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. I, both of them had a really good, had really good runs at the first Motor City Madness, and I, my gut tells me that all four teams are going to be ready to go, and this is, it's going to be fun. You know, I, I was happy that I was able to go to the first one, and now I'm able to go to the last one. Unfortunately, U of D's not playing, um, but it's it's going to be fun. I, it's going to be fun in the new arena, and I I'm really hoping Oakland makes a run just to say that. One of the two teams did it once once in the four years. I'm I sure can, Olympia is thinking the same thing. Yeah, I, I can't imagine that there's going to be very many people for the first game tomorrow. I I hope there is. I mean, that, that there's been a lot of talk about this again. I don't want to talk about location, uh, that they've beat this horse to death over and over the last few weeks, but there's less and less excuses to not be here. If you're a fan and you're listening to this, it's Monday at some point, and and you're not on your way into Detroit, shame on you. You've had plenty of time to plan for it, to take off work. This isn't a surprise. It wasn't a one-day turnaround. We've known since Wednesday. That's like four or five days to get here and, and, and support your team, if nothing else. I don't even care about supporting the tournament or the conference. Support your team. At one of the premier venues in the United States. Yeah. Look at that. We did something right here in, in Michigan. Believe it or believe it or not, I, I have to admit I actually haven't been in Little Caesars yet. Although that's kind of funny. I, I, I just haven't made it there for anything yet. It's not like we have teams playing meaningful games there anytime. So uh, I mean, the Red Wings are horrible and the Pistons are horrible. So Pistons are making that run. I don't know why, but but they are. You know, well, doing things. Shout out, by the way, shout out, because I know he listens to this sometimes and he's got a lot going on right now. Shout out to Neil Rule, voice of the Oakland Golden Grizzlies, who got called in for emergency radio duty today and called the game for the Chicago Bulls. Um, not even for Detroit, for Chicago on like no prep. Which I'm, good, good on you. Way to go, Neil. So, anyway. So none of the game that you care more about. So are you going to be able to get there in time for the game tomorrow? What's going on with that? I'll be there for both games tomorrow. Well, um, opened up the schedule. Oh, yeah. I had to. Got to represent the Horizon podcast. I'm Horizon Roundtable. So you'll probably beat me there. Um, it's it's going to be a fun day. Um, I'm really looking forward to that 930 game. I'm hoping a lot of Oakland fans show up. And I'm Oakland. hoping... I'm hoping Oakland doesn't choke. Me too. Uh, I can tell you that Oakland's uh, 50 allotted students went very quickly. Um, and then they sold more student tickets past the 50, like for to sit somewhere else. And they filled at least one bus. I know that. Um, so I imagine it will be a very OU crowd. Um, I am always disappointed in the NKU student section. Valhalla Vanguard works their butt off. Again, 
love to give those guys crap online, but I think they do a great job of trying to promote their section and get students there. But I mean, they are on their spring break and even the Valhalla Vanguard said they're not coming. Like, okay. You know, that kind of makes me upset because I never went on spring break so I could cover the Horizon Lake tournament. For five years, I did not go on spring break so I could cover the Horizon Lake tournament. So shame on them. Maybe I, they'll change I their mind. two spring breaks in Valparaiso, Indiana. Oof. Yeah, do you know how much fun it is to drink in a hotel room in Valparaiso, Indiana? I'm surprised you were able to get booze in Valparaiso, Indiana. Well, we brought it with us because we were concerned <laughs> it might be a blue county. So... Or a dry county, rather. So we, we brought it with us. Uh, you know, the NKU fans kind of remind me of Velpo fans. Funny you mention that. I agree. They're mildly annoying. Um, they, but passionate. They holier-than-now-esque to them. And I'm, I'm fairly sure they're afraid of black folks. So... Oh God. I, you know, the, I'm really upset about the whole shoe thing. I, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it's cute. It's funny. It benefits charity. Um, it just, it sat with me the wrong way. The, I, the shoe drive is, is about two ticks away from doing something real inappropriate. I liked it. But again, I, I, at the end of the day, I, I, like, I like Northern Kentucky more than I hate Mercy, so... You know. So let's let's get to this one. Do you think uh, your bigs can slow down Drew McDonald? Because I don't think either one of them are fast enough to chase him out to the three-point line. So here's my thoughts on this. And I, I of course, have lots of thoughts on this. Um, yes, I do. Um, and KU and OU split, this, split the series this year. Uh, both teams won at home. When OU won at home, McDonald was healthy. So you can't, they can't say that. I know he's had some back spasm issues or back issues in the past. And he's not healthy right now. I think everybody's healthy, but I'm saying McDonald hasn't been healthy the past. No, couple of he's games. not healthy right now. They were oh, trying to limit its minutes against U of D. Oh, okay. I, I thought he was back in, in pretty much full board. I mean, he, you know, their fans and their media and the team probably try to tell you he's healthy, but if you're pulling a guy out on purpose and your your TV announcers are saying that they're pulling him out to conserve his energy, I, I gotta think he's not fully healthy. That was part of the reason why U of D was able to go on the run that got him up. Was because he was nowhere to be found for a lot of the first half. They were resting him. So that's that's something that'll be interesting to watch. Ooh, so the drama unfolds. Um, well, when he was healthy at Oakland, um, OU was able to to limit him. He, he did not have a good game. Um, he did not look like the player of the year at Oakland at all. And the, the key there for OU was they put Brechting on him, even though... McDonald and Hill Mays um, are probably real close in size. I think Xavier's probably a little stronger, a little bit bigger. Um, at the time, um, X was the guy for OU that was doing most of the, the heavy lifting on the offensive end. So they put Brad on Drew defensively so that X wasn't dealing with, with him. And that allowed X to, to save a little bit of energy for the offensive side. And um, OU had a lot of success with Brad on Drew, just a little bit more size. Brad's got a motor that can think can keep up with Drew. Um, I think the issue now is it sounds like uh, Vote Vote. I don't know how he says his name. The the other NKU big guy. It sounds like he's starting to put it together. Um, and if they double McDonald or or even put X on him, um, he he might he might get his, and that might 
I don't know. I don't know if that's what the poison they're going to pick. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I'm also really excited for the guard play. Um, I'm I'm thinking, you know, I don't know if you tweeted it or one of the other Oakland people tweeted it. Braden Norris might be the better part of the pair between him and Foster Lawyer from their AAU team. I, I have definitely tweeted that, um, but I want to put it out there just in case the Lawyer family is listening for some reason or anybody connected to him and Clarkston and their AAU team. I see these Michigan State fans just constantly down on Foster Lawyer. And if Foster Lawyer doesn't want to deal with that, I would take him at OU and pair him back up with Norris in a heartbeat. So Foster Lawyer, if you're listening for some reason, just know that there's a spot for you at OU. I'm sure we can we can make that happen if you don't want to deal with these Michigan State fans. And, well, you just want a Big Ten title, so you're probably just fine. But anyway, um, yeah, Braden Norris, man. Man, has he been so good unexpectedly. Yeah, he's got range, man. I mean, he... He can really knock down the threes. I was really impressed uh, when when I went and watched the Oakland U of D game and seeing him in person. I mean, he seems like he's going to be the real deal. Not only that, I mean, he he understands the game, and his his ball handling is good. His decision making is good. Uh, another coach's son, you know, those things always are important. But uh, he will go. Uh, he he doesn't turn the ball over much, which for a freshman point guard playing thirty eight forty minutes a game. That's saying something. And he, he was pressed into this. You know, when, when Kay Felder, or even going further back in Oakland history, Jonathan Jones came in, they were throwing the keys to the car and allowed to make mistakes. But they came in knowing that, that that was going to be the thing. You know, I, I'm pretty sure it was Kay, where Campy didn't recruit a point guard, knowing that, that Kay was coming the year after, and he wanted Kay to just be the guy. Norris wasn't here to be the guy. Norris was supposed to learn this year. It, that was the only returning starter from, from, from last year's team was Neely. And then when he left, beginning of the season, you know, it became Norris's, Norris's car, and he's, he's just driving, man. Yeah, what happened to Neely? Um, some say he was hurt, but everything else I've heard is he was butt hurt because he got himself suspended for a game, and Norris played the hell out of that game, and it became obvious that uh, Neely was going to be a backup, and he wasn't interested. Hmm. Hey, Interesting. I mean... Don't get me wrong, I wish we had a backup point card sometimes, but I can't complain about the work of, of, of Norris. And he could totally implode tomorrow, and you still would have to go, man, great year, freshman. Thank you. Well, that's the, that's the interesting thing about this Oakland team is, sure, it's at home, and I, I'm sure they'd like to win at home. And, and frankly, I want them to win at home. I think it looks really bad on Oakland and U of D if one time in four years neither one wins, especially with, with Kay Felder having been there for three years. Um, and I know... You know, U of D's last year there with McCallum, they're supposed to be a lot better than they ended up being. Um, but yeah, I, I hope they win. I'm rooting for them. I, I'm not sure if that's because I dislike NKU or um, if I want the Michigan team to win. Frankly, I'm not really sure. But, you know, I want them to win. I, I think they got a good little core. Uh, I think they can only get better. I, I'm not so sure they can get that much better. I think that that they're limited. I don't think either one of their bigs is getting that much better. I think they they pretty much can do what they can do, um, but I think the sky's the limit for their backcourt. I think Norris could be really good, and and Maddox is I think going to be really good. You got to remember he was like a a pretty decently recruited D one football player. Uh, he, he had an offer from athletic. Syracuse. Offer, yeah, offer for uh, as a wide receiver at Syracuse. 
Well, there you go. Um, yeah, and also don't forget one thing that we've seen a little bit from him is uh, he hit two game-winning shots in high school back-to-back um, to yep. get his Novi team to the state championship. That is a kid that doesn't that isn't afraid of the limelight a little bit. And um, I, like I said, he's can't be trust him a lot, and sometimes he gets a little bit out of control, and then can't be able to get after him. But you can tell that he he knows what he's got got in Trey Maddox Jr. That that's a kid that's going to play, and he's going to be here. And um, again, for, for the, all the Oakland people that may or may not be listening, he he reminds me of Derek Nelson, and Derek Nelson was an amazing Golden Grizzly for us. Um, yeah, I think he's going to be really good. What else? Um, Tomorrow, um, so I think the bigs will somewhat cancel each other out, and it's going to be about who's hot. Um, Sharp always seems to have good games against us, and let's not forget about uh, is it Jalen Tate um, yep. over at NKU. He's he's a great player. Um, I think he's going to try to draw the defensive assignment. Um, I just don't know who that is. Like if he's your shutdown guy, but we're we're primarily looking down low to start. I, I'm guessing he's going to be on Cumberland, and I mean personally, I'm let I'm willing to let Tate. And, cancel out Cumberland if it gets everybody else going. That's fine by me. Well, you know, they say Trayvon Faulkner is their shutdown guy, so I don't I don't really know what to tell you. Um, I think either way, OU is going to have a guard open, and whoever that is, they better get hot. You know, whether that's Neely, whether it's, it's Cumberland, um, whether that's Newman coming off the bench. I think Newman's the X factor. I think if Newman's hot, it's over. I watched Kamari Newman um, at before the game against um, Youngstown, he's one of those guys that, and I thought he was feeling it because of this, he hit two half-court shots that wasn't just shooting half-court shots for fun. They were, let's see how high I can throw this up in the air, just bring the rain. And he hit two back-to-back from half-court before the Youngstown game, and I thought, man, that kid is feeling it right now. So he is definitely an X-factor. You predicted that the Green Bay uh, right state game would be a blowout. What's your prediction on prediction on this OU NKU game? I think it goes into OT, and I think I I think Oakland wins. I, I think Oakland has something to prove. I think Greg Campy definitely has something to prove, and I think Greg Campy is something to prove it is worth a lot. And then, and I think they're they're just as athletic as NKU, and and I didn't think NKU looked great. Until they really had to turn the the gas on against UDM, I felt like UDM had some really inferior players out there against them. Uh, you know, not not saying anything against those guys. I think you know UDM's got kind of like a ragtag roster, um, and I felt like they let some of the ragtag guys for UDM really have good games against them. You know, I, like I mentioned, Long only had five points, but he looked really like a D one basketball player, which isn't something he's done. <laughs> Uh, you know, in this his three years, and I'm not saying anything against him. I think he's a good good kid, but he's you know a fringe talent at best. Um, I think Oakland's just more athletic. I think NKU's bigger and more lengthy, but I got to go with Oakland's guard play. I think having you know your two starters can nail threes, having Newman off the bench that can nail threes. Um, and then the two big guys inside are, are going to really create problems for NKU, and I think Oakland goes to the final. And I'm going to say I think the thir- first 38 minutes of this game essentially doesn't matter. It's going to come down to those last two minutes. It's going to be a one-possession game, and I think one of those two teams is going to have a shot, is going to have that final shot to, to, to take the lead with the buzzer going off. 
but I think NKU is going to hold on. And as an Oakland fan, I hate, I hate to say it. I do. I want to be wrong. I so want to be wrong, but in the, in the sake of trying to, to make the right, right prediction, I think this becomes an NKU right state one, two game on, uh, on Tuesday on ESPN. Well, we'll see. Um, that, I hope, I don't think Olympia entertainment wants that. No, um, I think it's fun. I think it's fun. We're going down that going down there tomorrow uh, for you know the last installment. I'm pretty sure it was the first installment. I gave you a gaggle of free tickets because they couldn't give these things away. Um, it's it's going to be fun. I'm excited. I'm excited to see the last inclination of it. You know, it's unfortunate U of D couldn't do anything uh, for the four years. I know Reggie would have really loved uh, the tournament being here for four years and getting to show off. Detroit to everybody. Um, and, and I'm excited to do it one last time. I hope it comes back around and ends up in Detroit again. Who knows uh, what the plan is. It'll probably never leave Indianapolis again. And, you know, I got to be honest, I really don't ever want to take a vacation to Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, but we'll see. I know they, they just beat the dead horse with how much they hate the uh, tournaments in Detroit on the podcast. So, well, I'm sure we could talk about that in the next uh, couple weeks after this tournament. But first, we got to get through uh, the Horizon League tournament. Um, with that, we're going to be uh, finishing up here. Um, make sure you check out the Horizon, not only for this podcast, but the next couple of days. Me and Carrick will be downtown um, trying to get some extra stuff going for uh, Horizon, the Horizon Roundtable. Trying to get some, we'll be in the, the interview room and just trying to get some more information and try to get a couple extra things up over the week. So, next two days. Um, Last thoughts, Carrick? You good? Yeah, I'm good. I'm excited. I'm hope, hoping Oakland makes a run so uh, Chris Illich doesn't go broke. I think he'll be okay. Yeah, well, we'll have to go buy a $15 pizza while we're there. I'll support <laughs> the cause. All right, everybody. You guys uh, take care. Buckle up. We're going uh, Horizon League uh, tournament time. Talk to everybody soon.